trying to get that phrase going again in the uh, year 2018. Yo, yo, yeah, yo. Yeah, this will be your year. Sure. Yeah. You uh. see my new hat? <laughs> see what it says? It says 100%. 100%. That's right, baby. 100%. Of what? Well, it's up to you. <laughs> Effort. Right. Laziness. Apathy. See, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It's all of it. Dismissiveness. Bull crap. It's kind of like, it seems to me, when Putty had the eight ball jacket. Eight ball. Eight ball. (laughs) That's my hat. 100%. Elaine. Nice. Um, Good hat. Fantastic. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) Oh, with a tongue dipped in sarcasm. So, just talk to Aaron Kutuski, ABC News, about uh, the whole uh, Mueller inquiry, FBI texts, missing texts, secret society, insurance policy, blah, blah, blah thing. Um, you know, it's uh, the, here's one thing I'd like to, I'd like to require. This would take a complete shredding of the Constitution, which is strange for me. Uh, I would like the government to force every single person on Morning Joe to apologize at length and in detail when it turns out that the Trump campaign wasn't in league with the Russians. I was wondering that. But they last... may have brushed up against them, but it was in kind of a floundering, unintentional way, and really nothing happened. I, I have no idea how this is going to turn out when Mueller uh, comes forward. I, cu- I could imagine anything. And nothing would like, nothing would really shock me. I mean, if Putin and Trump were meeting regularly together, I suppose right. that would shock me, but very little would shock me. But I was thinking as I was watching Brian Williams last night, and he does this every night on the 11th hour on MSNBC. I thought, if Mueller comes forward and saying, nah, there's really nothing there, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? You really ought They're to gonna close say it was tainted. You really ought to close up shop. So then the, so then the left yes. will go with the FBI is corrupt. They'll go nuts with the uh, it never had a chance. Uh, Trump obstructed justice successfully. Uh, there's no hope left in America to arms to arms. Yeah, to sell commercials because that's all they care about. Now, I'm not I, done, I, though. I, I'm not done, though. When it turns out that the FBI is not the new KGB and isn't wildly out of control, biased, and tried to fix the election and whatever else, I want Tucker Carlson to apologize for whipping people up. Boy, he's going pretty far. I know he is. Talking about secret police and that sort of stuff. You know, I agree with some of it. You've got to be so, so careful. The thing, as I made the point very briefly at the end of the last interview with Aaron Kutersky, is that the history of the federal law enforcement becoming a political tool that oppresses people. I mean, it's you got to search for exp- of, uh, examples where it didn't happen through human history. Honest to God, I'm not kidding. It freaking always happens. So the idea that you have to be on guard for that, or if you see signs of it, look into it very carefully and very quickly. That's not paranoia. That's just smart. Sure. But I don't think we're anywhere near proof at this point. No, we're gonna, I'm going to pl- play a clip here in a second. Um where they talk about the FBI, but <clears throat> as Aaron Katursky mentioned with J. Edgar Hoover and... Oh, I'm sorry, Katursky. Katursky. Sounds a little Russian to me. It does. It really does. Of course he's trying to downplay it. Yeah. Huh? yeah it's like like that, uh, that uh, what's the antiviral? Kaspersky Labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody uses them anymore because they think they're agents of the Red Menace, right? Katursky, indeed. Well, maybe we'll play this clip first and then I will uh, follow up on... So this is Joe Scarborough jumping in because this is some of the... Uh, uh, Trump making some comments about the FBI and the leadership of the FBI and how he had fact how he had asked uh, Andy McCabe who he voted for right. that whole thing and so here you go. 
Look at this man's face. This man dedicated his life to you and to your family, keeping you safe from terror attacks in New York City, in Washington, D.C., across the country, serving with the Federal Bureau and of, of Investigation. And because Donald Trump has completely blown through every single barrier, every single constitutional protection, now some are attacking this American hero because it just fits their political uh, their political uh, message of the day. It's despicable, Mika. It's it despicable. Is. And the bigger picture will end this block with a question. With so much at stake, um, so much at stake, uh, it's one thing to look at this president as a bumbling idiot who tweets and says stupid things and is inappropriate, misogynistic, racist, racist and embarrassing. That's one way of looking at it. But my question is, when is it okay to say that what we are witnessing before our eyes are the rudimentary beginnings of the destruction of a democracy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa. That was hilarious. And as they said on Saturday Night Live, and Willie Geist is just smiling along. <laughs> I don't care what happens, Willie. You don't have to apologize for anything. You're doing just fine. Wow, this this reminds me of, uh, you know, back in the day when uh, uh, coffee machines didn't have the auto off after half an hour. I almost burnt down our house. Because, you know, I left the thing on, and it went beyond, you know, the coffee got extra thick and extra hot, then it was just dry, then it was just, like, smoking, and it went to ash. It went to, like, this crusty ash. That was so far beyond overcooked rhetoric and overheated rhetoric, that was my coffee at the end of the day. That was ash. That was hilariously frantic. So many comments I have on this. Oh, my God. Starting with... uh, you say regularly they're trying to sell commercials. I think these people, I think they believe it. Well, they're completely then. believe it. Please. I, I'd, I'd be happier if they didn't because, okay, if you're just trying to sell commercials, that's okay. But I think Brian Williams and, and his and the people he has on his show and the people that are on, it, on Morning Joe on MSNBC in the morning, I think they absolutely believe it. Wow. That this is a, a crisis moment like we haven't had outside the Civil War in this country. I think they believe it. Um, the, the other thing is the, uh, and I didn't think about it until Aaron Katursky, Aaron Katursky mentioned it, this whole, the FBI can do no wrong, well, maybe they're doing no wrong now, I don't know, but historically they've done lots of wrong. Yeah. Lots of wrong. Right. So why would you think they could never do any wrong when there are plenty of history books out there to show you they were doing nothing, practically nothing but wrong for decades? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not only possible, it has happened in recent history. And just because you were uh, a brave heroine fought v- uh, valiantly against the bad guys right after 9-11, what's that got to do with anything? J. Edgar Hoover did a pretty good job of stopping bank robberies. Yeah. He doesn't mean he wasn't subverting democracy he got, regularly. He got Capone and tapped MLK's phones for no right. good reason. Right. So that uh, on its face, Morning Joe's argument is idiotic, uh, though it seemed to be a, a combination of the Gettysburg Address and uh, Hamlet's soliloquy. It was really beautiful. But he was talking about Andy McCabe. And the hilarious thing about that is they're talking about this horrendous victimization of this great hero, is that a Allegedly, Trump got together with him and and said, who'd you vote for? Blah, blah, blah. You know, his wife got hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Democrats. She ran for the Senate, Terry McLeod, blah, 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 blah. Here's your punchline. 
He's still on the job. Zidazoo! Whiz bang! Kadoomch! So, his awful persecution included Trump saying, okay, keep doing a good job. Thanks. But and he's still in the, the job. So what are we talking about? His answer was, I didn't vote. But, yeah, he's still in the job. So Right. Um, Bird. Uh, so, yeah, so I don't, uh, like I said, I don't know what's actually going on. But it troubles me that you've got one side that far down the road and, and, and the other side just as far down the other road that the FBI is clearly a corrupt organization and we should all be afraid. Right. Um, this is not good for society. By the way... I don't. I haven't heard a single commentator talking about it the way we're talking about it. I must have missed it because yeah. I haven't heard it anywhere. Everybody's just in one camp or the other. Trump is set out to be Stalin, or the FBI is completely corrupt and, and, and trying to pull a coup. One or the other. I haven't heard anybody else saying, oh my God, the fact that we, we have this kind of a dichotomy going is troubling for America. Right. How about we all settle down and try to figure out what's actually going on? Yeah, I know. I know. You don't hear that. I was wandering around this morning getting ready for the show and thinking about um, how unhealthy social media is. Um, Tim Cook was just quoted as saying his little niece, he does not want her on social media. It's unhealthy. It's scary. The guy who runs Apple. Yeah, exactly. More on that to come. Doesn't but, want his niece on social media. That's right, interesting. Right. Um, I think cable news is quickly becoming similar. I, it's unhealthy. It's just it's not a good habit. It's You shouldn't watch it. It's, ve- <laughs> it's very difficult to get any useful information out of it. I watched it last night more than expected, because I partly because I didn't expect you to come in. More than usual, I watched it last night. Um, and... The substance of the stories they were covering hardly even entered my mind. The astounding part of it was how the fever pitch of it all and how uh, dichotomous, how how completely unoverlapping it was on the various various channels. I mean, it was just it was it was mind blowing. Well, I'll tell you what: if you if you only take in one of them, you're not getting. You're, there's no way you're getting the whole story that's out there. Nope. There's no way. Now, which is the right one? I'm, I don't know. But God dang it. Shouldn't there be a space for a cable news channel that's saying, why these texts from the FBI? little weird. I wonder what's going on there. That could be a joke, but maybe not. We don't know. We're is looking there, into it. Is there no room for that? I don't think so. And we're probably fools to be doing this. <laughs> but nah. The is there no room for somebody saying, you know, there's a chance Trump didn't collude. Right. Maybe he did. I don't know. Here's here's uh, what I suspect. Here's your Trump collusion conclusion. I'm rapping, Sean. What do you think? <laughs> Give you so some work. Far. How's my flow, in your opinion? Depends on how it bounces with the beat, but uh, it's it's got potential. Well, give me a beat. Come on now, be my Dr. Dre. So listen here. Here's here's your probable uh, collusion conclusion. Trump, who didn't think there was a chance in hell he'd get elected until you know maybe that night, and that's pretty well documented. Continued to make nice with various Russian oligarchs because he was hoping to get a hotel going. And so, yeah, there were contacts and, hey, how you doings and the rest of it. But it wasn't any sort of conspiracy. It was just, you know, continuing to to uh, to keep lines of communication open for his hotel business, which he was 100% certain he would be engaged in the day after the election. Yeah, and once again, so much of this revolves around the assumption he would lose mm-hmm. on the way a lot of people acted. 
Uh, I think the worst scenario might be if it turns out he didn't do anything called collusion or even close to collusion, but did does get charged with obstructing justice. So he obstructed justice in something he didn't do. Right. That would he be covered the, up a non-existent That crime. would be the worst case, I think, uh, yeah. for America. That would be rough. And certainly could happen. Well, if they let uh, old uh, Hillary off the hook for her many sins, you know, if Trump said something somewhat misleading about Comey getting fired, I think maybe we just keep moving forward. We'll see. Uh, our text Gerald line Ford like, if you know what I mean, is four one five two nine five KFTC four one five two nine five KFTC. Do you know the guy that played Barney the dinosaur now runs a tantric sex business? Wow, ironic. We have so many major stories to cover. Mm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Got a girl from the south side. Got brazen The Armstrong and Getty Show. Had to get her number. It took me like six weeks. This is pretty big today. Elton John just announced that he's going to retire after his next world tour. It's going to be a very dramatic moment at the end where he admits that the lyrics really are Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> I heard that just from a source, a good source. Seems to me he's lived his life like a candle in the wind. So he's retiring because he wants to spend more time with his children. All right. Who are 10 and 7. Oh, boy. And he's going to tour for the next three years. Uh, You tell me, but uh, (laughs) these seem like some fairly critical parenting years that you're passing on. In fact, at least one of them, you're going to get up into the age where they just assume you might not be around at the time you finally decide to stay home. Yeah, well... (laughs) Far from me to tell Elton John how to parent, but uh, that does seem a little odd. He's going to tour for three years. You got all the money in the world. If your reason is you want to spend time with your kids, how about do it while they're still kids? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Whatever. Hey, Michael, can you? Is that uh, song you just played? Is that still available? Or Sam Hunt? Yeah. Go ahead. You just want me to fire it up? Yeah, just fire it up. Yeah. I got a question about this song now, because this is obviously sort of weirdly pop. Just a tiny touch of hip-hop in it. Country. Are the country people culturally appropriating from black people? Or is this hip-hop producers culturally appropriating from country folks? Because I've got to know who's the victim here and who to be offended on behalf of. Would you have thought this was getting played on country radio if I hadn't told you? Because I wouldn't have. No, I would have. uh, No. I'd have had no idea. You should play his, because uh, he's got several of the biggest hits in the country right now. You should play his Breakup in a Small Town. Also, wh- why why is this a country record? Mm. Ah, who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter. But yeah, just, And you're right. It's cultural appropriation, and there should be marches. I remember when artists used to inspire each other and be grateful for it and not uh, think it was an act of hate. But now it is. Now, finally, that we're all in jumpsuits showing our race and our... Our ethnicity and our sexual orientation and the rest of it so we can easily be identified and divided uh, into our camps. And literally, it'll be camps at some point. Oh, uh, I'm, just, I'm glad. I'm glad to know we finally cleared up art. So well done, social justice morons. <laughs> so I hadn't intended to go off on that wow. rant, but uh, here we are. Quick question for you. Yes. Because I want to talk about Bob Costas and the Super Bowl. Well, do you say Super Bowl or the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. I say the Super Bowl, too. Yeah. Huh. When people just say Super Bowl, which I guess is the correct way to do it, it sounds weird to me. Are you enjoying Super Bowl? Yeah. Are you looking forward to Super Bowl? 
No, it's the Super Bowl. Apparently it's not. It is. I saw the headline in the New York Post. Why Bob Costas won't be at Super Bowl. No, it's, well, that's a mistake. It's wrong. <laughs> it's stupid. The New York Post is uh, an incoherent mess. Would you like to come over to... No, I was going to use... It. You would say my house, so... Yeah, you'd have an article in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just It's a lack of respect for articles. Conjunctions don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, man. How are you enjoying Super Bowl? It just seems weird. <laughs> no, it's bizarre. It's weird. Um, uh, We don't have much time to do what we're going to do. Did you have a, sh- a question about the show yesterday, did you say? Uh, so, did somebody actually say asshole, the full word on the show yeah, yesterday? Ian Brummer did. Awesome. Yeah. See, I think that's... Fine, although, you know, it's up to listeners, and if listeners don't like it, listeners don't like it, and it's a uh, yeah. for-profit entertainment juncture here. We're going to yeah, so there were there's at least one person that seemed to take umbrage. I, you know, we're all fine. So Ian Bremmer just said, what did you, how did you react? Did you just let it go by, or did you say, oh, hold on, whoa, where do you get off, little man? Did you do that? Or? No, I just, I chuckled, actually, to myself. Michael got wide-eyed and lunged yeah, for the dump button. I burst button. into tears. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> running around like the place was on fire. I went to the comfort room where we have the bubbles and the adult coloring right. books. I'm sorry it was the puppy's day off. I am so sorry about that. I really needed that puppy yeah, yesterday. I know you did. Uh, but no, it's fine. I just laughed. I just giggled because everybody's going to be freaking fine. It is, but, but it is clearly the best test case ever for... Using naughty language. It is the subject of a major international story. Yeah. That actually has some weight to it. Well, back in the day when the FCC used to do anything, I would follow all those cases really carefully. And it's this one would be open and shut. It'd oh, be yeah. fine. Nobody would oh, yeah. get in trouble a, a single bit. It's about the taste of the listening audience. But that that's real. Right. Oh, If there are listeners who say, I don't want to hear that word uh, on the radio, so I'm not going to listen anymore. Well, you lost a listener. Sure, yeah. Doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Yeah, I completely respect that. But I would point out, you know, both to various uh, radio management people and and the people listening, we're all fine. I can't believe we have that many listeners to our show regularly. Right. That, that, you know, actually wet their pants when they heard the word asshole. Right. Ah! Right. Yeah. Grabbed their chest and stumbled around. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Their kids were running around to kindergarten. Asshole! Asshole! Shizzle, shizzle. Johnny's a shizzle. Well, right, yeah, and I apologize for that. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't intend it. Uh, <laughs> Ian Bremer, you, you can't keep him reined in. He's a maverick. I knew I'd see you around. This is the other country classic I'll from Sam Hunt, Break Up in a Small Town. Whatever that is. I'm thinking it's cultural appropriation. It is. I just need to be sure who to be angry at, because the one thing I know is I want to be angry. We'll figure it out. Uh, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump brandishing the carrot and the stick at the Davos Summit, and if you want to borrow money, ask a millennial for it. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. You think I'd make a lot of money if I opened Joe's House of Carrots and Sticks? It'd be a house that sold, well... Carrots and and sticks. We're taking a carrot and stick approach. Yes. Right. I mean, I'd have the big carrots, the little ones, the little snack size, I'd have various size and shape sticks. Trump's the happiest he's ever been. I'll explain why in the news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. why this is the happiest Trump's ever been. He's at this big economic summit right. in Davos, Switzerland they have every year. He'd never been invited. They invite 
many of the world's billionaires to speak there all the time. He never got invited. Always wanted to go, but everybody saw him as a joke. Mm. Now, he's not, he's not only there, he's the most important person that they all have to listen to. He's got to be happier than he maybe has right. ever been in his entire life. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. Well, I hope he won't uh, childishly and uh, unnecessarily, you know, kind of uh, rub it in their faces. I would. <laughs> I absolutely would. Well, hey, you didn't want me here because you thought I was a joke. Well. Childish and unnecessary was your old nickname, but now your new nickname is right on your hat. 100%. 100%. <laughs> My new hat that says 100% yes. will apply in many situations. Right. Right now I'm 100% interested in hearing what Marshall has to say. Well, President Trump, as you pointed out, is having a great time with fellow heads of state in Davos. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu praising Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of the Jewish state. President Trump noting the U.S. is proceeding with those plans to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That is way ahead of schedule by years. And we anticipate having a small version of it opened uh, sometime next year. Now, the Will pres- it eventually be the greatest embassy ever, sir? <laughs> and the president had a warning. President Trump warning Palestinians they have to return to peace talks with Israel if they want to get U.S. aid money. He made a big point out of that. And the president also... How about that story that came out the other day about how they... Uh... They came so close to assassinating Arafat back in the day. Did you read that yes. whole thing? No. Oh, that was yeah. really interesting. So they had they had fighter jets tailing Arafat's plane and locked in on it and just waiting for the order to shoot it out of the sky. Hmm. And we didn't. They didn't. Whose uh, administration was that? Sharon? Oh, it, oh Israel Ar- was Ar- Trump? Yeah. Oh, Ar- I thought oh, yeah. it was yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. decided they were going to yeah. take out Arafat. Uh, wow. And they sent up fighter jets when Arafat was headed to Greece. Uh-huh. They followed his private plane, right. had an ID, he was on the plane, had their jets on its tail, and the guy was waiting for it. And they told the guy, you have to get, you have to get full, um, you have to be able to hear us say, fire on the target. If you can't hear us, don't fire on the target. We need to make sure this is right. Wow. And at the last minute, they got some. This might be his brother. We're not exactly sure it's him, so they didn't fire on him. Oh, man. All right, man. Yeah, yeah, Arafat's plane went down. Yeah, it had engine trouble. The trouble was there was a missile in the engine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if they would have tried to make it look. I don't know what would have happened or what kind of world reaction there would have been. I have no idea. Well, Arafat didn't have any trouble bringing planes out of the air himself. So, uh, F you. Yeah. Meanwhile, the White House is defending moves directed at so-called sanctuary cities. During a briefing, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said cities cannot pick and choose what laws they want to enforce. If we have a country with no laws, then nothing matters. So we cannot allow a few individual people to decide that they don't want to follow the rules. Trump's administration escalating the battle with the uh, cities that protect illegal immigrants from deportation, demanding documents on whether local law enforcement agencies are illegally withholding information from U.S. immigration. Later in the day, yesterday, President Trump defended the action against the cities. He was talking to a group of mayors at the White House. Trump saying sanctuary cities are friendly to violent gangs. Sanctuary cities are the best friend of gangs and cartels. Like MS-13, you know that. This happens. How does this not get to the Supreme Court faster? Yeah, come on, Supes. I mean, it's obvious yeah. it's got to go there, and we've got to figure this out. Uh, otherwise, we're not behaving like a country. We're, we're a bunch of rival city-states like Italy in the 1400s. Yeah. 
Another uh, sign that much of the West Coast is earthquake country. Had a quake that rattled SoCal, Southern California. 4.0 quake hit in eastern Orange County right around 2 o'clock this morning. Folks down in San Diego County reported feeling the shaker, as well as people living in uh, downtown L.A. over 50 miles away. 4.0. Did I read they discovered a new fault line? Yes, they have. In Beverly Hills, under mm. the famous Rodeo Drive. One of the ritziest shopping districts in the world. Gucci's got to uh, sponsor that fault line, right? The Gucci fault line. And so there, there is a law. You cannot, you cannot put a business or, or any anything on a fault line. Is currently the law, but mm. they're already there. But that seems crazy to me. I mean, the ability to predict there's going to be an earthquake yeah. along a fault line is, is well, it's it's not even close to good. There might be one in the next 10,000 years, so you can't develop on it? It's either going to be tomorrow or in 10,000 years. Plan accordingly. By the way, Positive Sean, have I, have I mentioned lately how much I admire and like you? No, you have not, Marshall. <laughs> well, Thank I you. do. I admire and like you, and that has nothing to do with the new Bank of Get America. Get home, the two of you. It has, it has nothing to do with the new Bank of America survey that's found one in six millennials have at least six figures saved. They've got a nest egg of at least 100000 or more. Hmm. And almost One in how many? One in six. And almost, really? Uh, yeah. One what, in six? I keep, yeah. I keep uh, well, I've, uh, I'm losing track of what generation is what at this point. Partly because time keeps marching on. Yes. Uh, yes. What's the range of ages for a millennial? 1981? Yeah, so I'm at the very, I'm as old as you can be and be considered oh, okay. a millennial. And uh, you are what now? I'm 30. not allowed to ask you that. <laughs> no, 36, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think? I don't yeah. know. Um, but I, I don't believe one in six has a hundred grand in the bank. And and the survey found almost half, almost half of the millennials have at least fifteen thousand dollars socked away. But what about thirty six years old being the oldest? Yeah. Uh, but what about yeah. those studies you always hear? Of, practically everybody couldn't uh, replace the tires on their car if they had a problem. <laughs> right. I mean, you always hear those. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's haves and have-nots. Uh, the wisdom of the millennials, we bow down. That's your news. I'm Marshall <laughs> Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Not my friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or any of the friends I had when I was younger. So. Hey, friends, step it up. <laughs> Interesting. You got to go with Marshall and get those uh, scratcher tickets. It's the way to well. That'll help. It's the land of opportunity. Sean, that opportunity is... Riding on a scratcher's ticket. 100%. Uh, so, comedian Bill Maher, political commentator, came hard about the whole hashtag MeToo culture. Yep. We want to hear that, among other things, coming up. Awesome. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got a number of texts about Marshall's story, about one in six millennials have at least $100,000 socked away. Uh, Marshall got the numbers wrong. It's actually one in 100,000 have $6 socked away. (laughs) Sounds more accurate. (laughs) That sounds right. Uh, also from the text line, the millennial generation is, um, <clears throat> and my computer reset. The millennial, gen- millennial generation is a divided one for sure. I was at a seminar where uh, generations experts spoke about this. Unlike most generations, there's a 
vast differences within the generation, more so than usual. Mm, interesting. The whole generation thing is kind of silly. Anyway. Yeah, it is. I've heard it posited, though, that the uh, latest generation, he says, going back to the discussion, ignoring the fact that it's silly, uh, <laughs> the, the, there's, they have so much anxiety and angst and depression and the rest of it because there's because uh, things aren't getting better. The great dream of uh, the uh, you know your opportunities are always growing. That that's gone in America now. It's just it's getting worse. I think it's probably a affluence and b social media that's given a lot of the anxiety. Sure. Honestly, lack of real human contact, too much e contact. But anything in the tech world, it's like a modern day gold rush. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Are millennials just more prone to lying, messing with pollsters? I'd huh? say certainly. There's that. Without a doubt. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, sure. I got $500,000 in the bank. You kidding? <laughs> um, in fact, I'm sitting on a stack of gold bars right now. How attractive was the pollster asking the question? Because <laughs> yeah. I could see that having an effect oh, yeah. on my answers. Yeah. You got to expect this. It's easy to save money if you still live with your parents and they drive you everywhere. Huh. Um. Also, easy to have more money in the bank if you're not buying a house, which fewer people are buying a house. So. Yeah, true enough. True that. So yeah. We'll see. Interesting. Well, it's time to take the elf off the shelf. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Maher talking about the hashtag MeToo movement. What was that? A shot at and his height? I, Is that uh, what that was? Uh, let's just move along. So um, uh, he was talking about the hashtag MeToo movement and, and perhaps its excesses uh, fairly effectively. Bill? And I say that as a true supporter of the Me Too movement. I even wore black during the Golden Globes. I was home watching TV, but still, (laughs) I wore black. But I was also mourning the ability to think rationally. I'm down with Me Too. I'm not down with McCarthyism. Something is way off when Senator Kirsten Gillibrand can go unchallenged saying... When we start having to talk about the differences between sexual harassment and sexual assault and unwanted groping, you are having the wrong conversation. Can't we just be having an additional conversation? But but do liberals really want to become the distinction deniers? The people who can't tell or don't want to see a difference between assault in a van and a back rub by the water cooler? Masturbation is normal and healthy, but not in the park. (laughs) Justice requires weighing things. That's why Lady Justice is holding a scale and not a sawed-off shotgun. That's really, really good. Yeah, that is good. It's very strong. Yeah, the howling mob rarely has time for distinctions. That's why you don't want howling mobs in charge. Bill Maher is closer to us on a lot of things. I mean, his 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 view of the world politics completely different than mine. Mm-hmm. But his his view of there's nuance to these stories is right. a lot closer to ours than well, like we were talking about earlier. There's nobody offering any nuance on this FBI Trump story, for instance. Right? Nobody. Um. Did you hear Bill Maher's crowd? His crowd usually goes crazy with everything he says. There was like a couple claps, and they probably felt, oh, maybe I shouldn't clap because he's he's saying, you know, a back rub is different than rape. That might not be okay to clap for that. Well, and there were some concerned murmurs in yeah. the background, too. Oh, I don't know. I did edit out some of the uh, applause breaks just for time. That was kind of a, a highlight uh, of like a six-minute okay. rant thing that he did. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I appreciate him saying so. But he he's absolutely right. A U.S. senator said if we start looking at the distinctions between 
you know, a minor thing in rape, yeah. then we've got a problem. Or no, we're having the wrong conversation. <laughs> what? Since when, as a people, can we only have one conversation? Are you kidding? Yeah. You're supposed to be smarter than us. Just last night, for instance, my wife and I talked about our financial future and whether the dog had to go out to pee again before we went to bed last night. Now, maybe we were having the wrong conversation when we were talking about the dog having to pee, but it kept him from peeing on the carpet, so it was a pretty good conversation. That's a bit... That, God, the amount... The way... I congratulate the left on the way they control the rhetoric um, often, the way they control the conversation. Uh, you know, even you you got Fox News, you got uh, conservative websites talking about the dreamers. You know, but the idea that you're having the wrong conversation, that's a moronic notion. That's just dumb. But it has that, that gung-ho feel, that righteous, yeah, that's right feel that people are just so desperate for for some reason. But, you know, rationality has always been a minority uh, viewpoint. It's never it's never won the day over passion. Uh, well, certainly not in the short run. Well, that's why if you're, for instance, you know, from the the greatest generation of political reformers in human history, you know, in the 1700s, you design a system where passion cannot overcome rationality. There are too many checks and balances for that to happen, or you do your best to design that system. You don't want the majority to rule because it's so dangerous. You want the minority's rights to be protected always. Speaking of hashtag me too, did you do David Copperfield talk nope. that story? Nope. Seventeen year old now in her forties says that she was uh well raped. You know, they say sexually assaulted in this story, but she says he drugged her and had sex with her, so that's rape. Once I don't again, know why can we, can we stop using the same term for patting someone on the bottom and forcible rape? Who does that help? I don't know. David Copperfield uh, denies it, of course. It's going to be hard to prove. It's 30 years ago. Yeah. I saw David Copperfield once uh, live. Mm. I was in like the first or second row. Wow. And he cut himself in half and walked down the stage, and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I mean, he was like as far away from me as you are, Hanson. And and he was he split himself in half and his feet walked toward me while his the rest of him went over there. <laughs> Why have... weren't you shrieking in horror? <laughs> well, he's a magician. I assumed it was magic somehow. Does he have tarps it, on you like a Gallagher show? But there like, was, that, there that was, seems messy. Because yeah, the <laughs> bleeding would be astonishing. There was no way to figure out what was going on there. It was absolutely amazing. And he may have raped somebody. It was a seventeen year old. All right, I I hope um, I hope he didn't. I had yeah, I had something else on that. I was like, Digger Copperfield, magician. Doug Henning, it was <laughs> the amazing Creskin. Former, former president's favorite magician. Job from Arrested Development. The greatest TV magician of all time. <laughs> it's the final countdown. Yeah, he, was on the, he was on the Segway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is a funny touch. Um. So, okay, there's that. Did you uh, guys get into the Bob Costas stuff? Nope, not a bit. So Bob Costas will not be at Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. And it was going to be his last Super Bowl. Really? Because uh, uh, he's... Uh, because he's he's more or less retiring from the business. He's oh, leaving okay. the business. But uh, there was some there was some speculation that was because he made a comment not too long ago about how the NFL is clearly damaging people's brains ah. and how NBC was not cool with that. And so he came out with a statement yesterday, and I thought, okay, here's where he walks it back. And he said, I'd like to clarify what happened. Um, 
This is not because of my statement the other day. I've been making this statement for years now. The NFL is damaging people's brains. Mm -hmm. I do not want to be associated with the NFL. I can't watch NFL football games without thinking about what's going on there. NBC has known that for a very long time. So it was not just this recent statement that is why I'm not going to be at the Super Bowl. Hmm. So his clarification was, no, no, I'm way farther down the road than you think. He said the giant elephant in the stadium at Super Bowl... Will it's the Super Bowl? Well, he says Super Bowl. He needs to stop <laughs> the elfin Bob Costas. Exactly. Um, he said the elephant in the stadium at the Super Bowl is that this sport damages people's brains, mm-hmm. and we all need to recognize that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, he can't. He doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. The NFL. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I'm not that far down the line. I can watch because yeah. <laughs> it's grown people that have the not the, the information at this point. Yeah. Um. But I, it doesn't ruin everybody's brain. But I think you're plenty of people. You know, here's here's a parent judging other parents. That's like the the biggest sin you can make, right? But I think you're crazy if you let your kid play tackle football. And it's just crazy based on what we know now. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? And I there's no way I think it exists in like the junior high and high school level very soon. Oh, that's that's undeniable. I I can't imagine how it could. Um, you know, unless we are, are th- actually have our existence threatened and become a warrior society again. And then you got to be tough enough that, you know, those whose brains get scrambled, that's just the cost of doing business. We're not that right now. Yeah. No, we're not. Go to the mall, look around. <laughs> we, we are not. We take our dogs on our planes because we're too nervous. We're a veal calf society. Yeah. Coming up, Brian Fung of the Washington Post. A net giant wants a new net neutrality law. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.